Welcome back to our podcast within a podcast, pottering around the nastily exhausting wizarding test of Mangum Reads. We are three muggles who, I don't have another joke here, I just have to say that we get an all-time McGonagall moment this chapter. My name is Sarah, I'm joined as always by my co-host BJ and Spencer. How are y'all doing? Biscuitless. (laughs) Distressingly biscuitless. I, I feel like I've gone through a bit of a ringer with this chapter. I feel like we had about, compared to what we've had for the last few chapters, like five chapters of material squunched into one. It's a doozy. It's a it's a big one, guys. So buckle buckle up. Um, we are on chapter. Why can't I ever remember what number we're on? We're on chapter I think twelve. It's Eleven. Of, well, mm-hmm. goodness. Yeah. Trucking right along. Indeed. Um, the fifth book of Harry Potter. This chapter is Professor Umbridge. It is, and it. The woman, dullers, the myth, the something. Um, and it is the the uh, paragraph sentence of chapters. It is uh, like I don't know what the it, is. Is it a, a, a chapter paragraph? It, it, it's something. It is. <laughs> this is a late book chapter with mid book energy. <laughs> um, in some ways, it was very fascinating. And in some ways, I was just like. Why are we going to another class? Sure. This should be another chapter. Oh my god. Like we it, we experientially lived this Harry. day with our our main characters. Yes. But we Very do good. we have some segments that we do here. We have a we have a recap today. Let's be very yes. clear. Rapid fire is in question, but we have a much more firing from the hip than rapid fire. Um, we have uh, BJ's wizard wheezes, newbies notes with Spencer. We award house points. And uh, then we have questions and queries, um, possibly some qualms and quibbles. We will be, we'll see, I guess. Well, uh, Sarah, I think you've set up that this is more of a, a two-minute or hope like hell kind of chapter. Is that what we're going for? Yeah, I, I'm gonna do the. I'm gonna do the recap. You can start the stopwatch if you wish, Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> I, we have to keep track of this for, for the end of the game. The representative for Ravenclaw has gone over her time. And <laughs> and I do not yield. <laughs> All right. Well, while you command the floor. I'm just ready. Filibu- filibustering the whole chapter. <laughs> in the aftermath of the fight in the dormitory, Harry and Ron discover Hermione in a huff about notices the twins are putting up looking for guinea pigs. As prefects, they should be doing something about it. Ron isn't convinced. On the way to breakfast, Harry fills her in on Seamus. Lavender Brown thinks Harry's lying, too. It's already starting, the division predicted by Dumbledore and the Sorting Hat. Angelina Johnson shows up to say she's been made uh, the new house Quidditch captain tryouts for Keeper at the end of the week. The Owlpost comes and Hermione starts at taking the Daily Prophet. It's best to know what the enemies are saying. They've got a terrible day of classes in front of them. Fred and George show up off to offer skiving snack boxes on the cheap. The twins let slip that they're only still here for market research. Then they're pl- then they're opening up their own joke shop. Hermione's got questions about where the gold is coming from. Owls really do dictate what jobs you can get. Turns out Ron and Harry want to be oars. Hermione wants to do something worthwhile, like take Spew further. 
They make it through History of Magic and run into Cho Chang on the way to potions, and Ron is terrible to her about professional Quidditch. Then they've got to deal with Snape. The class is terrible, His draft of Harry's draft of peace isn't even worth testing, and Snape makes a public mockery of him. Ron and Hermione bicker all the way to Divination, which was a walk in the park compared to their next class, Defense Against the Dark Arts. Umbridge starts right in on the disjointed lessons they've gotten up to this point, but never fear, they're following a ministry-approved course of magic now. They're set to copying lines from the chalkboard and reading basics for beginners. Several minutes in, Hermione still has her hand raised. After trying to ignore her, Umbridge has to answer. Hermione has questions about the course aims. There's nothing in them about using defensive spells. Umbridge can't imagine who would attack them in her class. Ron, Hermione, Dean, and Pravati get in on the action, arguing for practicing defensive spells, knowing what to do in attack, defending Lupin. Then Harry really loses it and starts yelling about Voldemort and Cedric Diggory and how none of it is a lie. Umbridge has finally had enough. After taking points from him and calling him a liar... She gives him detention, but Harry keeps going, pressing on Cedric's death, emphasizing it was murder. Umbridge calls him back, calls him to her desk, writes a note, and tells him to take it to McGonagall. He's accosted by Peeves on the way, who's got a new song about him. He finally gets to McGonagall's office. She reads the note, asks him if it's true, and offers him a biscuit. Through his confusion, McGonagall warns him to keep his head down in Umbridge's class, gives him another biscuit, confirms that he listens to Hermione, and sends him on his way. That's yeah. actually closer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, 209 even. That's actually really well done for the length of this chapter. Very impressive. However, you did kind of yada yada like two thirds of the chapter. Um, <laughs> we would have been here for another depend. five minutes. <laughs> That's true. Also, uh, there was a, uh, I have a quibble early because there was a mistake in your recap. There weren't oh, the, no. uh, the snacking uh, or skiving snacks, skiving snacks. Skiving snack it, boxes. It was yeah. the nosebleed thing. That they were offering for cheap uh, because it makes you believe out because they didn't actually have the the uh, the snacks ready that, yet. That's true. They they were still they're still in product development for the nosebleed nougat, so they cannot yet call it a skiving snack box because they cannot stop the bleeding. Yes, <laughs> but if you wanted to try it out, you might be okay. Just a little shriveled at the end. Um, <laughs> The the cartoon violence versus real violence in this world is kind of wonky. Um, I love it. Because, I think it's great. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's a little um, Roger Rabbit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It, it, it adds such just an interesting layer of horror, particularly since everybody's okay with it. There, it, it's so much part of the world. No one bats an eye at the idea that, oh, yeah, you'll just keep bleeding forever. Oh, yeah, this potion that we're making in class... Get it wrong, and you'll just sleep for all eternity. <laughs> on irreversible. And that's an officially sanctioned item right there. Mm-hmm. It, it's a fun undercurrent of just, what is one man's horror is another man's Tuesday. And that's just <laughs> what they operate on. I disagree with you that, that I think that if Snape had to run his syllabus by the Ministry of Magic. Well, just Or wait. was it? Just wait? Okay. String to the board. I'm just saying, like, my my gut feeling is that it would be very different, and you would would learn about formulae, you wouldn't actually play with cauldrons. I I think that Snape's syllabus is probably Dumbledore approved, because Dumbledore is a maniac. I I think it has Dumbledore's (laughs) suggestions in it. It, Like, it was probably a little bit more reasonable to start out with, and Dumbledore was like, hey, why don't you have them do this? And Snape was like, ooh, I can make Harry Potter do this. This is great. I I love this idea. Sure, this sounds right. BJ, what you got for Wizard Wheezes? Um, I do like Gallon of Galleons. Um, That's pretty great. 
Um, mm. There are some some other entertaining things there. I I feel like Hermione's nod to Spew was somebody like JK was going back in her notes and reading like, oh yes, she was very interested in this at some point, so I'm going to bring it up now because it kind of took a backseat for a while. Yeah, and so what I think is happening here, and this is sort of spoilery, but what I think is happening here is that like Spew actually comes back in this book, and I think Rowling had to sort of shoehorn it in to remind us that it exists. Yeah. I mean, and like we had a little bit um, after uh, Harry's trial, um, but yes. like... Yeah. But this this does seem like a kind of hard right turn for Hermione to be like, no, I'm not going to do any of the other professions, which her pe- personality has been like aiming her towards for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, maybe I'll do spew. Mm-hmm. Um... I don't think we've had Professor Sinistra, the astronomy teacher. Um, I am thoroughly amused by it, but also, like, I guess astrology would not be part of things, but to have astronomy separate in, like, a real class just feels very weird. Um, Maybe that it's sinister astronomy, you know. You know, I guess, you know, it's a little bit offhand, but, you know, it's just kind of like a weird, weird thing to have. Yeah. Um, Bulbadox powder. <laughs> Placed in the pajamas. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. There's, there are things that are wonderful, and this is just such like a weird, like unless it's referencing something, which I don't know. Um, it just It just seems like a very disappointing like version of whatever this is um and you know i feel like i i should go on a little bit deeper dives to feel to see if something this is referencing something in the uk that i just don't know about it sure it's close to borax that but like not (laughs) quite there so that's what was like maybe that's what it's going for i don't know um we got a new spell evanesco uh i feel like we're never going to see this again um, and I'm also very disappointed that, like, we didn't get Molly using this because this seems like Molly's most used spell. Um, again, you know, this is pro- probably just something that there weren't, there wasn't all of this planned out. Like, the the spells weren't basically all planned out from book one. And so now it's a useful, like, thing to add in. Um, but we'll see. I mean, it, it seems like a super useful spell. Just get something away, wipe a slate clean, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like uh, something more like Tabula Rasa would have been a little bit more <laughs> on point. Um, maybe Cauldron Rasa for this, uh, to have something a little bit. I like that. Actually, that would go along with the world so much more because it is so uber specific as to the thing that it can make clean instead of just wiping away. <laughs> Right, and and like and, and I also imagine it, it as a a spell that Snape coined or like <laughs> learned from his master, which is just it, like, it, isn't this the same spell that Jenny used in the train? I car? was trying to remember. Didn't she use Scourgeify? You're right. There's two that do this. Yes. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And I think Scourgeify is more like things. cleaning. Evanesco is more like wiping away. Ha- hazardous waste removal. Yes. This is where we put the sharps. All of the poison is in, uh, buried in a mountain somewhere. <laughs> in... <laughs> that's, 
it's fun. I enjoy the implication that Scourgeify is what you do with regular waste because it's going to the landfill, uh-huh. whereas Fedesco, <laughs> super fun site only. Yep. So do you think that there is a uh, wizard version of Russian roulette where they just take all of the students' potions and like you have to take a shot of it and see what happens? Oh. Yes. Um, and I, I, I think imagine... that probably the Marauders did that multiple times. <laughs> Maybe that's how some of them came into their, uh, like, anthropic powers. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, the last thing that, that I do have to mention is Umbridge is one of the few characters that, while the, the uh, actor who plays it is very iconic and the descriptions are kind of iconic... I still have a completely different image in my head. Interesting. Okay. And that's the teacher from Men in Black. <laughs> because oh, if well, I have to tell you one more time, well, yeah, like for whatever reason, like that, uh, I think they're like uh, half uh, half rim glasses, like you know, mm-hmm. you know, the peering down their uh, like older lady peering down her nose at, at like the misbehaving class. Like this is for some reason fixed in my mind is who Dolores Umbridge really is, and it has nothing to do with either description in the book or what's in the movie. It's just the sense that I get from her in terms of like what her personality is meant mm-hmm. to achieve. All right, vibes. You got vibes, BJ. Yes. Spencer. Well, the fact that we open with just human magical testing is already great. That the twins have felt the need to place a flyer for people who want to volunteer to be experimented on for the sake of their joke shop. They'll be paid. They'll be paid. If they live. Question, Spencer. Yes. Um, And, you know, this is relevant more to you than than to Sarah um, at this point. Um, So is the disclaimer at the bottom enough? Is the disclaimer at the bottom of that? Hold on, we we that regret that all work is undertaken at applicants' own risk. No. No. <laughs> Under no definition. You, sir, have volunteered for your share of medical testing. Would that be sufficient? Was that what you reviewed? A, this is this is a scientific review board that that has not only scientists on it, but outside people. There is no way that the Ministry of Magic lets muggles in on what what is valid uh wizarding stuff that they can do especially at hogwarts uh though i imagine that dumbledore would get all sorts of entertainment from having squibs on on councils Mm. um Mm. and other people would do it in a mean way but he wouldn't no he would just actually be interested right like yes like equal representation kind of mindset Mm -hmm. yes uh the uh, the ske- the schedule from hell that they're discussing for just like how front loaded the schedule is for Mondays was fun. Just a it gave me PTSD flashbacks from that in high school and college. <laughs> but b I'm really amused that we get to see it. Like we talked about how many classes that mm-hmm. we have to experience in this chapter. They set it up that we were going to do that because we did get a feel for how unpleasant their schedule is for the day. So that's a fun little it's a fun little bit of, of of clever structuring there. But also kind of funny to me because. We still haven't seen, like, the entire gamut of classes. No. We're still learning new professors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Gotta leave a Ron... little wiggle room in there in case we need a plot point. <laughs> yes. Good point. 
Uh, Ron, as a prefect, continues to just utterly disappoint me. It's just like, I, I still can't believe I vouched for this guy at some point a few chapters <laughs> back. It's like, he's even getting the opportunity to boss his brothers around. You'd think he'd jump at that, but instead he completely passes the buck. Avoids it, even when he's directly in the same room for it. Yeah, but like the bossing around is like the wrong, like, not the right bossing around. This is like her, like, this is a, am I going to be Hermione? And that that he might like her, but he's not ready to do that. I mean, th- this is this is like, you know, kind of the equivalent would be your younger sister is semi illegally baking chocolate chip cookies to share with you and a bunch of your friends, and you're like, well, you're not really supposed to be doing that. Okay, I'm I'm I'm, I'm still playing catch up with the with the, with the reference that you did, but I'm working on it. Uh... I view this more of like, you know, when all you've got is a hammer, wield the hammer. This is the power he has. He'll never have any more than this. Use it. And, sorry, Sarah. I was going to say, I think that the the problem here is that Ron is only prepared to use his power in completely illegitimate ways. (laughs) Yes. And completely confounded when a real situation arises that he might actually have to deal with. But also, we, like, we have... Like, I get the sense that, that Ron wants to be better than being, like, capricious. But th- this is, like, the epitome of, like, this is stuff that I want at Hogwarts. So <laughs> do I really want to prevent this from happening while wielding my power? Or do I want to make life unpleasant for Crab and Goyle? What? And I find it interesting, too, that there's an implication in George's response that there has not been much, if any, enforcement of such kind of rules at Hogwarts before. Because his response is to be astonished that he's being called out on this. It's like, he hadn't even pondered the idea that there could be any, you know, challenge to him doing this behavior in the halls of Hogwarts. I think it's literally only Filch who cares. <laughs> I, I see uh, it as that, but also, I also see it as, as, as a uh, overacting a little bit. Really? You're enforcing I, rules on us? No, no, he's this playing can't it up. be. It's mock astonishment rather than actual astonishment. Yes. Uh, also, as you referenced, BJ, their hijinks get less and less hilarious to me. I mean, these are rich. The fact that they put Bullbuck's powder in somebody's pajamas and he got covered in boils is on the level of evil shenanigans. That should not <laughs> keep going. Uh, Hermione also, in particular, this chapter just comes across as being so many leagues more mature than any of her peers at just every available opportunity. I mean... We get her mostly just disappointed summary of Lavender rather than being pointlessly angry to Harry about it. We get her calmly telling Harry to stop jumping down their throats whenever when they're obviously on his side, and then equally calmly and graciously accepting his apology, and then doing it again by means of Ron as a proxy under hope that that will actually get through to him more this time. She's insufferable, you're right. That's not exactly <laughs> what I'm going for here. Uh, she remembers what Dumbledore said last term because she was actually listening. She calls Ron and Harry out for their pointless resistance to inner house unity. She's reading the Daily Prophet for the point of for the purpose of opposition research, which Harry and Ron hadn't even pondered might be useful. Uh, she's essentially solely responsible for Harry and Ron passing, which I don't think I'd really realized to what degree that was. That they're basically just using her notes and not doing anything themselves. Uh and, as you noted, Sarah, McConaughey's one hope of Harry surviving is that he vaguely listens to Hermione, mm-hmm. which speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. 
On the same note, I also don't blame Harry for snapping at her and Ron. Their bickering has basically been their only interaction with each other for the last two books, and I'm tired of it, much less somebody who's living, it, living with it. <laughs> it's getting rough, yeah. Uh, though his serves them right speaks volumes about the mindset that he's in when he, you know, tells them off. This is a guy that wants to inflict a bit of pain. Mm -hmm. And it reflects in the fact that we've talked about Harry is now a character. He, is, he has characterization. He has a personality. And it's through that lens we're seeing both his actions and the story. And so him as the hothead, which is the main characteristic we're getting out of him, makes it fascinating to now read the story through that lens in terms of how he experiences it. It's fun to actually be frustrated with Harry rather than just seeing through Harry. He's kind of turning into e emo Tobey Maguire. In <laughs> Spider-Man Spider 2? Yeah. Very yeah. much so. Yep. It is... It, it's a it's a definite vibe for Teen Harry, and I also can't deny that the man's gone through his momentous mountain of trauma over the last period that no one's bothering really to unpack pro appropriately treat. So, anger at friends and family, perfectly fine. Yeah, it can simultaneously be frustrating and perfectly understandable. Yeah, I mean, but like the amount that we've essentially swept under a rug. He witnessed the murder of one of his high school friends. peers mm -hmm. who was I, rapidly getting towards a friendship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, all right, well, we're not going to talk about this. You're going to be then put into a, a home full of trauma and cut off from every, every support structure you have. And he's a little bit whiny. Yeah. To, to, to the point that the one, one, moment that he actually make reference to the fact that he arrived back on campus with the corpse of his soon-to-be friend in his arms and a house and a cup too the cup was nice mm -hmm. uh gets him immediately a silent room of shocked people and sent to detention and mcgonagall's office it's like th that's the kind of moment where someone lays out their trauma and yelling form in the classroom you immediately send them to a therapy and a guidance counselor because clearly they need somebody to talk with about it i mean honestly mcgonagall's not a bad choice Clearly not. And the biscuits, I'm sure, were great, too. Sure. sure, but it is, you know, McGonagall is the better help of the of the Wizarding World is a little rough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did not realize how much I would miss Oliver Wood. I never thought I would say those words. Mm -hmm. But his just non-stock exuberance and caring about nothing other than the sport of Quidditch will actually be thoroughly missed. Yep. Um, I also found it interesting and... Kind of surprising that Hermione hasn't read all of the books for class yet. Because I feel like that's something that she kind of did before. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're rubbing off on her in the worst way. <laughs> um, and I kind of expected that to be her, like, I already read it. I don't have to, to read it. Like, mm -hmm. I don't need to, to, to double up on, on my reading of this. It was already bad the first time. Um <laughs> I am glad the book agrees with me that Harry funding that joke shop is probably one of the worst decisions he's ever made in his <laughs> life and will inevitably explode in his face. Because that's the context it keeps getting referenced in, is Harry realizing, oh shit, what did I do? Nobody can find out about this. I mean, a little bit, but also just like a... I, th I think he's putting trust in, in somewhat un untrustworthy partners to be... <laughs> he's like, I am a silent Mildly. partner. Silent. Silent. <laughs> Not, not existent on all recordable records kind of partner. Uh, the Return of Professor Benz. When did we last see him? Has it been like three books? I don't know. He pops up periodically. He's referenced pretty frequently because they hate his class so much. Yeah. But I don't think we've actually seen him. 
since book two, maybe? It, it has been a while. I mean, it's even dealing dealing with a character that's mostly transparent. <laughs> it, but it's also kind of like, a, what's the point of having bins other than to express a, this was a long and boring day that didn't mm-hmm. start out well. And I mean, the other thing that you get is a little bit of Hermione being frustrated with the other, with Harry sure. and, and Ron. But yeah. like, it would have She's been really frustrating to read and Ben's class was really boring every single book. Yes. Fair. Unless fair. you have like some piece of history that they need to kind of get access to for right whatever they as happened in the second book, which is why we got a more right thorough but introduction. We, all, we also get a a minor hint that Harry is maturing a little bit. Do tell. <laughs> because he mentions that if it hadn't been pro- Professor Bins, like he was paying attention or trying to for a little while, and he was mm-hmm. like, "No, actually, this is quite interesting. It just, just isn't interesting yes. in a monotone, and you know, quietly mumbled." You're so, right. Yep. It's it, it's fun too because it, it's something I focused on because any professor that can make giant wars boring to me <laughs> is a scale of boring I've not yet experienced. It just like so that was a perfect way of framing. This is an inherently interesting topic, particularly for someone of Harry's age and temperament. Mm-hmm. And this guy's still making it boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys know me well that I am not necessarily quick on the uptake. Uh, even I am realizing that Cho Chang is into Harry, and I think Harry is too. So <laughs> we'll see where that goes. Uh, though, dear God, Ron, this, what what is the is there a term for anti wingman? It's Ron. I think is is where we end up with this. Sure, stop being a Ron, please. <laughs> Hermione's description of his tactless is putting it the most mild way possible. He does everything in his power to get this guy, get this girl out of the room. It was probably great. also really helpful for Harry, for Hermione to be like, I think she wanted to talk to Harry alone. And Harry was probably like, oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> someday, someday these little star-crossed children will get to be, be, get to be together. We'll find out. Uh, She'll ask him to uh, show her some broom riding techniques. Thank you, BJ. Thank you so very much. We were doing so well this episode. Uh, As I said, the draw to peace is just terrifying. It's like, you know, it it is basically somebody dipped the apple from Snow White in this, apparently. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Harry's read on Snape is always interesting because, yeah, he's unfairly targeting Harry. But Snape isn't wrong that Harry cut corners and messed the hell up. It's like, sure, he should have failed others, but it doesn't mean he had any reason to pass you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's also interesting because, like, Harry's, I mean, appropriately reacting, but, like, it would have been nice to see him mature a little bit in, in this, these instances, because, like, he knows how useful potions are. Like, Mm -hmm. it's, like, it's been reinforced over the past basically every book that potions are really useful the more complex a potion you can make the more you can do with it Mm -hmm. absolutely and it's it's just following instructions so like it it, it's not a lot of the other classes where where you have to record your dreams and you know you know magically find whatever interpretation that trelawney wants it's a do these steps and they're not like hard steps, it, it seems like. And that, I guess that's the thing that, well, 
having been a chemistry major, like <laughs> I was it's just say, like I don't know if this is the, like a they're, they're not even hard analysis. steps. It's, it's like you know, start one way, start the other way, like add these. Uh, anyway, I don't know. It's just like yeah. uh, like this is something that you could easily have gotten good at, mm-hmm. and I like I I want him to be vindictive enough to have done that because like the best thing that you could do to to piss Snape off is to do it right. Well, it, that's it, fair. I love, I love that you referenced that because that's almost the exact speech that McGonagall's trying to give him at the end of this chapter. It says, just stop living in your present anger. Mm-hmm. Stop expressing what you feel. Show a controlled, measured, common sense level of long-term thinking in terms of your actions and response to people being a dick to you. I think that's part of it, but I think McGonagall is, is teaching him a very different lesson as which is like the bigger lesson and it's a shitty lesson for him to be learning right now mm-hmm. which, which lesson are you trying to say which is things are wrong and if mm-hmm. you protest it it's going to be a problem for you yeah yeah uh, yeah I, a little column a column b but definitely and particularly in just in terms of protecting himself she's like this woman can hurt you she will she'll delight in doing so protect yourself you blithering idiot yeah and also this this made me feel like somebody probably should have somewhat quietly under their breath like ron or hermione whispered to harry when um umbridge was saying you know what are you gonna have to protect yourself against in my class and it's just like her (laughs) (laughs) some point in some form I, I did love that it was a class response, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've gotten used mm-hmm. to just being like Harry and Hermione do the objections. In fact, other named characters are all actually voicing that this doesn't make sense, this isn't right. And also, Lupin was the best teacher we ever had. I loved that. That was great. And particularly that you had actual, at least for me, that there were actual back and forths between, like, Dean and Umbridge and Parvati and Umbridge. It wasn't just people popping in to say something. Yeah. They went for it. Um, They were were leading the discussion. mm -hmm. They weren't merely being cheerleaders. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is two chapters in a row where Dean Thomas has now become somebody I remember, and... That yeah. hasn't been a thing for any book before this moment. I know he's become a sort of powerful character in this whole thing. <laughs> yes. I'm rather liking him now. I expect he'll die before the book's <laughs> over, because that's how that goes. <laughs> um, uh, it's also interesting that, like, and kind of unsurprising, this is essentially taking a lab class and turning it into a class, you know, a theory class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's nice that we get this expansion, because this is a correct expansion. I imagine that if Malfoy was in the class, he might be the only one complaining, and we might even see a revolt of Crabbe and Goyle, because they, I don't think that they're up enough on the power uh, interference of the Ministry of Magic, and are a little bit more of the do-not-learn uh, mm-hmm. group, that that would have been a really interesting dynamic to see. Mm-hmm. I do love your summary there because I like how just clear what side of the theory versus skill course uh, into the spectrum J.K. Rowling is in her opinion of where she is just casting such shade in the idea of ex- exclusively theory classes, particularly in this given field. Yes. Yeah. At least in this field, I'm very much with her that this seems just abjectly stupid. This is inherently a course of where, sure, some theory, history, law, foundation, fine, yes, get that in. But it has a very practical application, not just in, like, you know, fighting other dark wizards, 
but also just knowing what to do with the inherent monsters that exist in this world. Mm-hmm. I, I like I'm reminded and. I don't remember exactly why this was a thing, and it was just the worst thing ever. I think it was because the school decided that Jim should be graded, and the gym teacher decided that, like, well, you can't really do it based on athletic skill because that's just a horrible thing, so we're going to have, like, quizzes. So every so often, like, we'd have to learn, like, Mm -hmm. details about, like... Muscle the dimensions of tennis or, courts. Yeah. Oh no, dimensions of tennis courts oh. and and soccer fields and, and and yeah, stuff like that, which was just like a truly terrible. This is what I imagine this course is a lot more like, as opposed to like m- actual theory of defense against the dark arts. More more just like if you hold your your wand out at a thirty degree angle with a fifteen degree flexion in your wrist. Uh, this spell will be 20% more effective on average as long as you have the correct mm-hmm. intonation and emphasis and the middle syllable. Mm-hmm. I will say that law school until very recently did hold to the view that you don't actually need to practice legal skills. If you just read about them hard enough, you'll be fine when you go into the real world. So it was fun seeing Umbridge put forward that bold-faced lie Oof. as an explanation for how the ministry thinks. Uh, in terms of the revealing lines for her, extremely dangerous half-breeds tells me a lot about the ministry's uh, racial policy, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this school, Mr. Pot- this is school, Mr. Potter, not the real world. Well, I know a lot of people in academia that would proudly offer that statement as a defense against the real world, but it... <laughs> I'm one of them. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Don't say the quiet part out loud, Spencer. Uh... Also, just for Harry, Harry is just utterly carpet bombing this conversation. He is just he is arguing with Napalm in terms of what he's just throwing out of where name dropping Voldemort was bad enough. But then saying Cedric dropping dead of his own accord is just this is a man who gives no shits in this given moment. Mm -hmm. He cares not for repercussions. He needs to be angry and he needs you to understand it. And having umbrage straight up deny to his face and basically accuse him of being a liar with respect to Voldemort I was almost surprised Harry didn't start throwing hands in terms of just how much that would just piss him off Mm -hmm. but also really interesting because this like everybody there kind of knows that that's not like that something else happened like they don't know what happened presumably but like her with Cedric in particular right um because, yes, he just kind of showed up dead, but, like, it, it's like, a, well, something was going on. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a whole weird Goblet of Fire mess and Triwizard Tournament that never happens anyway and apparently is a big thing. Like, just... It, it, in some ways, it tells me that the Ministry is not just evil for evil's sake, because the evil thing to do and the easier thing to do would just be blame Harry. Yeah. It's just say, Harry killed him. And they're not doing that. Yeah. At no, no point have we gotten that argument. What, it, it again just tells me this is bureaucratic evil. Bu- bureaucratic inertia expressing itself in evil rather than just we are megalomaniacs aiming for power. Mm-hmm. Please, I, please. I think that there would be there there is a faction in the ministry that would be happy to do that, but I think I, that it I don't I don't think it includes fudge though. Yeah, and that's what I was kind of going to say. Like, I, I don't think it in- really includes a lot of the higher-ups mm-hmm. because they don't like Harry, but to say that Harry killed 
Cedric would be a probably punishable by Azkaban or something similar. Mm-hmm. And nobody empowers up for that. I I I guess I guess the sense that uh Dolores would be or, or Umbridge would be a lot more up for he should like go to Juvie or be kicked out of Hogwarts. Like a he's negligent and he did bad things, but like not not throw him into Azkaban, which I think would be like the outcome if Ministry of Magic was actually evil. Yes. Alright. Well we already discussed McGonagall and me being completely on the same page with her and I loved the conversation a lot and it was fascinating to see someone else, not just us, but someone else in the book see McGonagall as human, because she's actively worked against that for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh so having her drop a little bit of her guard and actually just talk to Harry as a person and maybe a little, we'll say long term, get through to him was fascinating and great, and I'd love to see more of this side of McGonagall. Other people in the books have seen that she's human. Other people in the books have seen her drunk and dancing. Yes, Hagrid's not here anymore. We don't talk about him. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, this is just an audio uh, medium, and so so our listeners can't see the, the face that Sarah is making at me for some reason. I don't, <laughs> I don't really understand what this reason is. Hoops to among us, good guess. <laughs> well, Sarah, on to you. Uh, in this just chock full of characters chapter who won and who lost i mean i think that we can certainly have a discussion about this as i as i always say but i do think that like harry had to have lost this chapter this was a Mm. this was a terrible day yeah it only only got worse over time pretty much every step of the way and it's setting up i think to be worse down the line Mm -hmm. i don't really remember what detention is but if umbridge is hosting detention i don't want to be there for it yeah we it does not feel like we have gone all the way down the slope here in fact we bumped up just a little bit with a couple of biscuits at the end of this chapter um but i don't think that that's enough to save him from losing the house points this chapter um i also want to put forth that umbridge had a bad chapter that's that's true. That is true. She did not have a good chapter. However, the she certainly doesn't look good after the sort of bickering with the students. Um, it's not mm-hmm. a great look. She didn't have a huge amount of success in getting control over her classroom again. Um, however, she did succeed in getting Harry out of the classroom by the end of it, uh, which is right. what I and, think saves her from yeah. being the ultimate loser. But you're you're absolutely right that like this is not. This is not good for her. I feel like if this were, uh, if Snape were in her position, this would almost be a losing chapter for Snape. Like, yes, yes like mm. he did give Harry detention, but like he can do that anytime he wants. Yeah. But like losing control of the class and the class being on Harry's side would be a significant loss. I think that the I only can't... thing that, the only th- the thing that makes this situation different from if the same situation had sort of happened to, to Snape, with Snape, is that Umbridge is still so much of an unknown quantity, um, whereas Snape is known, right? We know what the limits of good and bad are for him, um, but Umbridge is still a little tenu- like a little nebulous. Yeah. Well, it, it's also interesting. I can't even imagine a scenario where Snape would have lost this much control Not in the like classroom. this, no. It, it doesn't say volumes about Umbridge being a quality teacher in the way that Snape, whatever else you could say about him, actually knows his material and to a degree knows how to teach it. Mm-hmm. Umbridge, we've not seen any hint of that so far. Matter of fact, I think we've seen evidence quite to the contrary. So is this common core defense against the dark arts? (laughs) (laughs) 
No, it isn't, because they're not making any effort to actually understand the subject matter to an unnecessary degree. Um, as far as winners of the chapter, or winner of the chapter, I'm open for suggestions. I would put forward the twins. Yeah, I think Fred and George had a good chapter. I think Hermione had a good chapter. I think so, too. She did, too. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. just in terms of actually just emerging onto our consciousness, Dean Thomas. Dean Thomas Dean had a did great have chapter. a good chapter. He, he's had two good chapters in a row of actually being a character we're aware of. I Yeah, I do think we have to put forward like Dean and Hermione and Parvati as people who sure. successfully, well, who, who successfully voiced dissent without getting detention. Yeah. Um, Cho Chang almost had a good chapter. She almost had a good chapter. It was... It was Ron. Snatched from her. Um, yeah, I don't... We have a lot of good options here. I... Shall we just pick Proletariat Revolt as being the winner of the chapter? In terms of just the student uprising? I think we should. We had a lot of a lot of students who fought the good fought in the fight in this chapter. I, th- I think saying Dean Thomas is the face of the Proletariat yes. student is, is, uh, is the way to go. Because he's yes. finally a character... Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe in and of himself, we'll see if that continues. Yep. But everybody else sort of like, I don't know. Hermione did what Hermione does. Yes. In 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 all, this and all situations. Um, but Dean really emerged as kind of a new voice at the end of last it, chapter and during this chapter. So Dean Thomas, unexpected it, winner of... <laughs> if Dean Thomas turns out to be the Miles O'Brien of this series, where he's always been there, but suddenly now he's got a character art and characterization, I'm here for it. I will love it. Great. <laughs> uh, questions? Shall we? Sure. Uh, this is an open-ended one, but can you, now that they're really being framed as being so damn important, could you explain owls to us one more time? Yeah, so owls are ordinary wizarding levels. Um, they are the first level of standardized tests you take at Hogwarts. There are the two levels. There's the ordinary wizarding levels, the owls, and the newts, the nastily exhausting wizarding tests. Um, owls you take in your fifth year. And they, they do a couple of things. Um, there's a lot of talk about, so to get an owl in a class, you have to get above acceptable, uh, acceptable or above, I believe. Um, and so there will be discussion of how many owls you got, right? Like what your SAT score was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then they also serve in <clears throat> both the outside world as well as in Hogwarts. So um, as we talked about, there are certain jobs that, are, that require you to go on certain educational tracks and have mm-hmm. certain owls in some subjects and then newts in some subjects in some cases it just depends on on what the job is what you're what you're looking at Um, this is very european mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. secondary school type yes yeah stuff and then within hogwarts and and related to that as well is that individual teachers will have standards of what you need to get on an owl to continue in their newt level classes um so, do, do how many professors have those requirements, and are they all Snape? Uh, Snape is certainly the highest level of the requirement. He requires and exceeds expectations to get to continue on with lessons with him. So you can get an owl and not go on to newt level classes. Um, but I think everybody else sort of has one. McGonagall has them. I 
I forget who we we learn who requires what in the next book. Um, yeah, or I think we get some discussion of it in this book as well. But um, I think everybody kind of has them, but some of them are like fine with acceptable to continue on. Some of them mm-hmm. need good or satisfied, like whatever that next level is. Um, How yeah. many owls are there? I mean, I'm assuming everybody takes the same owls in terms of just the capitative. No, no, you don't. Not, I think it's per class. Yeah, I think it's per class. And so, for example, Hermione still has more classes than everybody. Um, although she dropped a few to not have to use the time turner anymore, she still has more classes than other people because sometimes we see, like, Harry and Ron in a study hall or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I think that... You mean wasting time. <laughs> we got... Um, some discussion of this with Percy getting getting his owl results back in book one or two, book two maybe. I don't remember. Percy got and, a lot of owls. And, and whereas the twins got three and the implication is that was not even accepted. That's like barely yeah. scraping by. Yeah. They, they might have showed up to half of the owl exams yeah. <laughs> and didn't pay attention for a lot of it. Yeah. One of them was Jim. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. BJ? I feel like pretty much all of my questions are plot questions. Plotty? Like, yeah. I, I mean, and otherwise it's questions that I've asked otherwise. Like, <laughs> and you just are not satisfied with my answers and with, like, different answers? Pretty much. Better answers? All sorts of things. Sure. Um, uh, Spencer, do you have I, other questions? Uh, two. Okay. Uh, one's just confirming what I already believe, if it's true, that Umbridge is purposely portrayed in pink cardigan with with this with just a giant black bow which i don't remember the black bow being there before but that just adds to the image i'm guessing this is meant to be almost in a a fluffy harmless exterior to be in contrast to just the malevolence of the interior is that what we're supposed to get out of this or will that be a reveal later i think that's partially it but i think we also get more information later that like in the weirdness that is umbridge she actually just likes this shit Fine, that's a better way to do that in terms of it actually being part of the characterization. Uh, well, last one for me. The only time I remember detention before was when they got assigned to Filch for the evening. Mm-hmm. I think that's only really the detention we've seen. Is that standard, or can detention express itself in different ways just based on what's going on? Detention go- can go in a lot of different ways. So we've actually gotten a couple of de- different detentions. We got a detention with Harry with Gilderoy Lockhart signing fan mail. I remember that now. Uh, yeah. Harry and Ron had to clean things in the second book. Um, but in the first book, they got sent to the Forbidden Forest with Hagrid. That's true. That was the detention, too. Yeah. Okay, so th- we have no way, real way, way of expecting what Umbridge detention is going to be. Could be anything. Yeah. Um, could be with her, could be not with her, uh, could be a task, could be, I mean, runs the gamut. Does she get to pick what it is? Uh-huh. Oh, God help them. God help I. Ooh, that's that, that's not going to be boring. That's going to be creatively cruel. Is my thoughts on that one, particularly given what he did to her and her authority. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious as to whether Gryffindor points will be positive until the end of the term this year. <laughs> it's going to be it's go, it's a skin of the teeth semester. I, think. I, I have a feeling we we're just not going to see Gryffindor get points. Until they need to, um, because we're going to see them lose more points. Mm-hmm. 
that's a fair guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, obviously this is a plot thing, but mm-hmm. it will be interesting to see where Umbridge's malevolence goes. Because mm-hmm. right now it feels, again, like I think, I mean, I'm reading... Uh, like, I have a sense of who the character is separate from what's been in the book so far. But, like, mm-hmm. she's just been shitty to Harry so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... With, with with suggestions of underlying racism and ministry... All, and her representing various ministry problems, too. Yeah. Yes. And it's also interesting that, that she wasn't shitty to Hermione. Which I kind of would have expected. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, given her parentage? Exactly. But so, whether she knows that or not... I I can't imagine that she doesn't know the Malfoys and doesn't like <laughs> interact with them regularly um, because like they would have been mentioned uh, like where it's just like well I guess Ron is from a wizarding family and that's like the worst thing ever um, but but yeah like her attitude seems to be very much in line with Snape but like I know that it isn't and it's just interesting that it is that way mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. I see like a a very different uh, I mean, well, she's never going to be a face. She's obviously not a face, but a heel turn that's going to be very different from, from any changes that, that anything that happens with Snape. It, it's one thing that's going to make the next chapter so important in terms of how we perceive her, of where this is kind of like the hinge point of whether is she a comedic villain or is she an actual villain in terms mm-hmm. of how she, in terms of how we see her. Right now she's come across as almost being more comedic just because she seems relatively impotent. She hasn't accomplished anything and she's been directly shown up by the other characters. Mm-hmm. If they keep going that route, it's going to be harder to take her too seriously. If they instead go in the route of some of the other villains they portrayed it for, no, these guys are actually a threat to the character in some shape or form, beyond just simply being like Snape and where he just hates Harry, which is increasingly hard to take seriously. Um, now's the moment to do that, and I'll... Again, it really makes me excited for what this next chapter is going to bring, just because they seem to be setting Umbridge up as more than a one-off. Like, she's actually going to have significance or importance. Spencer, if you, if you had to pick a detention that she would do, what do you think it would be? I really don't know, because all we've really got out of her so far is bureaucratic evil. I mean, I would, for Harry in particular, if she just, like, makes him read the code for, like, 45 hours, that would be very unpleasant. <laughs> But that just seems like, you know, a Professor Ben's kind of way of playing things off. And so I I don't know. I don't know what flair she has for being creative about this or for drama or anything else. So far, we've just seen bureaucratic. BJ, do you know what the detention is? I do not. But Okay, what would your guess be then? I I was trying to think of what it would be. And, like, the, the thing that would strike me as most on brand would be to force him to go through... Um, all of the stuff in each of his classes that differs from the ministry hmm. uh, handbook and basically use him as a, like, all right, compare these two things and you do the effort for me to know, like, hmm. where they're deviating. And so not only is it scut work, not only is it horrible, but, like, it's going to undermine Hogwarts for hmm. books to come. Genius. Yeah. I love that, BJ. Yeah. The idea of basically subverting his will to be an agent of the ministry to do directly against what he would think would be best for Hogwarts. Perfect. That'd be perfectly in line for the character and utter hell for Harry. Genius. Love it. <laughs> Sarah knows what it is and, and, and is it uh, biting her, her finger because mm-hmm. uh, so our listeners can know how this is uh, what, what this affected reaction our, is. our one knowledgeable resident. <laughs> what? 
what, what do we do we get a hint at the picture for the next yeah, chapter? Yeah, we do. So do we want to look at the beginning of the next chapter or do we want to save it? Tell you tell us, sir. I don't know. I, mean, I can't I we I actually adequate can't adequately determine how spoilery it is because I know what it means. I think it's pretty spoilery, but I'm not sure. But we're going to read the chapter next. So That's like true. Okay. We're we're, we're going to turn to this page as soon as we start the next chapter. Is so. that how books work? <laughs> Okay. I, I I don't know. I mean, I I, I think we're looking. Okay. So let's just take, All right, a, so take a peek. Next chapter is chapter thirteen, detention with Dolores. Okay. Oh, uh, there's a mark on his hand. Looks like it's writing on his hand. Yep, and and a quill and a paper or, or you know a parchment. Parchment. Yeah. I, I assume uh, it's the same writing. It's the same writing. At least the first first three words are. Can you can you words. read them? No, I really can't. My eyes are horrible. Okay, so it, I think that it's probably also the fact that you all are both on on e versions. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, since it is in the picture, I will I will read from from mine. Um, the text on both the hand and the parchment is "I must not tell lies." Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Is he being tattooed? It's like if you write something on the parchment, is it is it appearing on him or something? Because it's the same writing, right, from the parchment on his hand. That's what is it this looks Cruciatus? Like. Ooh, that would that, that might be against the rules? Would, would she approve of that? What what rules? Like uh, unforgivable curses. But, but what does unforgivable mean? Like <laughs> I, I imagine. So I, it's a ministry rule, and yeah. she's ministry. Oh God, <laughs> the rules are what I enforce. I mean, like. Uh, well, Maybe. could be what what they enforce, but I could also see a you know James Bond kind of thing where they have you know people in the ministry that are allowed to use unforgivable curses. It's also I, I can't my, my picture is just probably so blurry I can't tell. It almost looks like it's continuing to write where like there's two like little legs that are extending down off the rat, the last word. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe we're seeing it in the process of you know going over his hand. I don't know what this is. This is no. This is. Not expected. We're going to find out. It's also going to be really interesting if this is actually an imposition on him and what she'll do next. Because if this is a thing that he can't lie and he can still say this, Uh. like, it's going to go real poorly for him. Yeah. Okay. So anyway. I'm I'm jazzed for the next (laughs) chapter. Uh Okay, well, this was an utter blast talking about the extended chapter 12. Uh, As always, the discussion was just as much fun as the chapter, and I'm expecting the next one will be the same. This was fun, y'all.